Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, online metal promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at onlinemetalpromo.net. Onlinemetalpromo.net. All right. What? What do you got? New Deluxe Edition Black Sabbath CD. Oh, that's got a live recording with uh, Ray Ray Gillen. And this has the live at Hammersmith with Theo. I've got both of those. I've got both of those, and anyone who doesn't like them, well, they suck. Anyway, Wayne, do your thing. Anybody who doesn't like those sucks. Uh, what else did you, you get? Anything else? If you don't chew Big Red, then fuck you. No, just that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, someone kind enough did get my daughter a Larry the Lobster sprinkler for her birthday, so thank you, Wayne. That was really <laughs> oh, sweet really? of you. Did she like that? She loved it. She was outside playing for, like, all morning. Really? Yeah, yeah cool. thank you. Yeah, hey, so dude, I think if you I'm got like... me a Larry the Lobster sprinkler set, I'd be outside right now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it goes for anybody. And you're in Florida. It must be freaking hotter, hotter than hell there. It, it is hotter than hell. It's hotter than two rats fucking in a wool sock. <laughs> Ill. <laughs> All right. And on that note, we have got the intro. My God, that creepy introduction. All right. Why is it so lifelike? Why is it creepy? You guys are fucking... We're not fucking. Puppets. What are you? Don't tell people we're fucking. I thought this was a family show. Oh, there goes monetization. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, where, where we went. Sorry, Wade. I just. So we got a Patreon coming cents. up. <laughs> uh, welcome to Rat Cell Review. My name is. Five are back. My name is Wayne Noon. My pronouns are uh, it and they. I am wearing a Good. Merciful Fate shirt. And who am I joined with? James. Hi. What are your pronouns? Well, Who, gives not shit? Tools, so <laughs> Who gives a shit? I'm not. I don't Peace give a crap. You can call whatever you want. I've been new. called worse. My and name I'm is wearing new. a wonderful Sun Records t-shirt that my wife I know. Has. I think very that's nice fucking shirt. cool. I that love that. Really cool shirt. Very cool. My cool. name is Lou Mavs. My pronouns are fuck off. Anyways, moving right along. <laughs> Boy, we, we are really... Uh, Losing the family standards here, uh, yes, Manson family standards. That's what we got. And anybody new watching the show, because I hear there's going to be some people watching the show and commenting, and there usually is, but uh, there's going to be some more people 
welcome to Rat Salad Review. And this is not how we usually start the show because we don't give a shit about that stuff. We want to forget about all that stuff, get out of the real world, real talk world. about what really matters to us, and that's Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. Hell yeah. Right? yeah. At least for, yeah, the, for this show. We're all about the music, not about the politicization of anything. That's even, right. though we're, even though we're talking about Judas Priest, they know provocateur band back in the day. They're British. They don't care about our politics. Anyway. Well, yeah. Rob Halford does live in Phoenix, Arizona. So. Okay, he might care a little bit, but just a and, little. And, I, don't, I, don't know. Dave, I don't know. The end of British Steel might might be a little different there. Oh, I yeah. forgot. <laughs> Dave, Dave Murray lives yes. in Hawaii, I think. You know who else lives Lucky in Arizona? Bastard. Who's that? And, okay, you know how Wayne mentions Halloween every episode? Alice mm-hmm. Cooper. There. I, there's my mention. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, he feels better now. I yeah, do. I do. Um, so. was it, oh, Greg, you are sideways. So yeah, I, actually, actually, Wayne, speaking of Hello, Halloween. Uh, no, leave him sideways. Before. This is perfect. Right. Well, it looks like he's going to fall off the screen. So I, I don't he, know. He, I know he, that. he does kind of look like he is falling. However, there is a Twitch streamer yeah, I was watching the Sumo Basho with who played a ton of Halloween called Leo Dickinson VT. He's a VTuber that was showing some Japanese stuff and played a shit ton of Halloween. And mm-hmm. all I could think of was, God damn you, Wayne. Now I sounds know who like, this band is. Sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> well, everybody go check that out. Sounds like a really cool show. But for the meantime, watch us hit the subscribe button and let's go. Judas Priest, British Deal, sixth studio album, released April of 1980. Uh, first album to feature uh, Dave Holland on drums. It was released in the UK at a discount price of £3.99. Oh, I didn't know that. Only, know only that four quid. Yeah. What would it be uh, like a normal price? Any idea? At five that bucks? Uh, yeah, it'd be about five bucks. Yeah, US a, not a huge discount, but it's still pretty cool. Uh, okay, so uh, one thing I noticed is uh, most of these songs were covered on the Judas Priest tribute album. So I was somewhat familiar with them uh, when I finally got this album. Uh, but again, like the previous album, there is a few really good songs on here that are staple Judas Priest songs. But again, unfortunately, there's a lot of filler. I have that box set too. Very cool. This is the greatest uh, compilation box set I think that any band ever put out. Yeah, You got killer studio tracks, live tracks, rare hidden gems demos and it's out of print and, and thankfully i have my original copy i i still Never I have my this. original copy too i uh, i bought it as a brand new release yeah year, that's what, what why i remember that, that. Back in, back 2004 in right before the reunion at Ozfest. Yep. yeah and i actually the, got it through columbia house oh wow oh. still around there huh? columbia house was still active in 2004 Oh yeah, yeah they were. I was, was stealing from them still. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't <laughs> until Napster. That wasn't until Napster like really killed it. You know. Oh yeah. Napster was before Columbia House. That was. But, no, no, no. Yeah, we but... were still lime wiring. There was still. There was still Columbia. Yeah, House, it, it was. It was. It was barely breathing Columbia House. But uh, thanks to Columbia House, John F. Kennedy, that's who got the CDs at my house. <laughs> he had great taste. Motorhead, <laughs> Judas Priest. JFK thank really you, knew, knew good music. You, <laughs> was that before or after the Magic Bullet Theory happened? Unfortunately after, after but he still <laughs> liked his metal. No. However, okay. So, so, now. so I have a little bit of things. So 1980. You were saying? What, you, what month was it debuted? I think you said June. 1980. April of uh, 80. Oh, April. April of 80. The conversion rate was around $2 per $1. 
So, two pounds per dollar? Two, two pounds. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it'd be two dollars per pound. So it was like eight dollars then. Yeah. Which is normal price for, uh, you know, if you were well, bought it domestically. Um, see, in the UK, they had like that three tier pricing structure. I can't remember the specifics now, but I've collected enough records to remember some of this stupid shit. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the average price for a new release like that at the time was like seven or eight quid. So it was a deal in that sense. But that was in London, Britain, you know. Uh, speaking of London and the UK, uh, Harry Barnett has joined us, and uh, he says he lives here. But you know what, Harry? You don't live there for long. You'll be moving to the night, uh, the United States, very soon. So, ah, hide your wives, hide your kids. Yeah, there'll be there'll be two of us running around. <laughs> <laughs> you will not there know will who which, which is the crime. Hey guys, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go my, I'll be right back. I'm gonna do this through my phone because my uh, this All is. Right really bad quality on my side all right we'll still be right review back. if there's not technical difficulties cheers yeah. we got a sideways guy and a guy just left and then uh, murphy is back with us again columbia house he spent uh, hey mike he spent one penny and got 12 cds he didn't buy another thing don't blame you uh all right so anyway where did i leave off um I, the funny thing was like towards the end of that year they um <clears throat> they were doing all these great deals on like the priest box at sabbath you know Mm. all this crazy shit and then they went bankrupt and out of business and the statements just stopped coming so right, i yeah. never had to pay for most of it <laughs> what do you and uh oh harry says you have no arms james but i see you have arms now so i think everything- i have perfectly good arms sir sometimes you don't have a head though i, I need i see that keeps well this- you know that's that's beside the point that's debatable yeah there's no brain in there uh, anyway uh rapid fire my brain is abby normal rapid fire starts off the album uh kind of similar to exciter from stain class uh no no double bass stuff though but uh still pretty kick-ass opener uh metal gods i remember watching a vh1 uh judas priest documentary uh and they were talking about how they um made those like uh those robot type walking noises but like throwing like pots and pans and shit on the floor so that was kind of cool it was drawers full of knives and shit shaking right, right. forth yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool to, uh, you know, things that they got to go to to get these kind of cool sounds in there. But uh, this hey, sounds man, that was innovation. You couldn't get samples from CDs. Right. You had to make them. Right. Exactly. Which reminds me, I have to go through that uh, sample of uh, CDs I have over there. The sounds. But uh, this song has like a little ACDC feel to me uh, <laughs> in, in some spots, especially in the chorus where they do that, like guitar. That, that reminds me of something like uh, a, a lot of stuff on this album does. I. Uh... I would definitely say they heard Highway to Hell. No, yeah, definitely. But I think also, too, I was reading they were on tour with ACDC, too, before this album. Oh, that's right. They toured with them for Hellbent for Leather. I forgot right. about it. Yeah, they, a matter of fact, if you watch ACDC's Led to Black, um, at the beginning of the movie, you see a poster that says ACDC and right underneath it, Judas Priest. So, yeah, they played the last few shows at Bon Scott. Nice. So that's true. Oh, wow. That's cool. So, yeah. So that, that would be where that, some of that influence came from. And uh, great Harry Barnett says, speaking of brain, shout out to Eric Adams. Uh, <laughs> breaking the law. He's oh, coming too. forget the women and children. Hide your goats. Breaking the law. I don't care how many times I hear this song. I'm always going to like it. Uh, it's just a simple kick ass rock song with uh, memorable guitar parts and lyrics. Uh, when most people hear the name Judas Priest, they think of breaking the law. 
uh, Grinder. I remember not caring much for this song when I heard Creator cover it uh, on the tribute album, but hearing this version, it's much better. Still not their best song, but I like the guitars, even though they are very repetitive. United, again, with them trying to make some kind of anthem, just never works. I don't know what they were thinking or trying to prove to keep making these songs. Uh, you don't have to be old to be wise. You're right. Even a child can hear the song isn't that good. Living After Midnight, again, another song that's fairly repetitive, but it's catchy and the lyrics and guitar melodies get stuck in your head. The Rage, I like how the song starts out with the bass and then uh, builds up to some pretty heavy guitars. I also like how they reintroduce that intro to the song again. Not the best priest song, but uh, I like it and I think it should have ended the album. Steeler just sounds like Exciter, just not as good. Uh, you forgetting? You're, are you forgetting Red, White, and Blue at the end? Red, White, and Blue is not part of this album. It's an uh, outtake from the uh, Turbo well, uh, on Amazon Turbo Music project. it was, so I had to listen to it. So. I did too. And uh, oh, you, hmm. James, you were listening to streaming it. You were streaming it, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was streaming it while while working out, which is, yeah, me, me yelling "what the fuck" while uh, on a cardio <laughs> machine. Um, not very good for the kids over at Planet Fitness. <laughs> well, go ahead, James. Let us because oh, uh, you weren't here last they're, week. So. They're too busy grunting anyway. Screw them. <laughs> Speaking of grunting, no, I'm kidding. Um, Rapid Fire, I said good, hard charging song. Metal God, stereotypical metal sound with the, you know, from the 80s. Breaking the Law, it's one of the few songs I've heard before. I like it. Uh, Grinder. Down, Pooch. <laughs> Down, see? Agreeing. Uh, Grinder, love the beat and riff. Are we really shocked about Rob Halford's? Um, <laughs> oh, God. Many you called it. <laughs> I did, I did, but I mean, are we, are we really going to question Rob Halford's uh, a preference? We don't care. <laughs> I know, but he's making it very obvious in that song. He's been making it obvious since <laughs> 1976. We this didn't know true. then, and we still don't care. This is true. I don't, I, and you know what? I didn't, I didn't mind it. I just thought it was funny because I'm just listening to the song, like going, "Yeah, there's no doubt." Um, <laughs> United, very generic song. Just mm. my God, what such boring direct. Uh, you don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to be old. Uh, another metal empowerment song. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, Living after midnight. It's an average beat, but it's a fun song. So you know, nothing wrong with that. Uh, the rage. Way too much Rob Halford over singing, but it's a great solo. Uh, Steeler. Hard charging. Enjoyed that song. And then red, white, and blue. I just put what the fuck in question <laughs> marks and exclamation points. Yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying I'm thinking I'm like, wait a minute, they're British, but their flag's red, white, and blue too. So all right. I was so wondering, maybe... I was like, that's 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 half of it. I'm like going, is right. this a fucking like jingoistic American song? Right. Yeah, they... Jingoistic <laughs> British song. You well, know, they, they... They, love, they love America. Of course, they, yeah, of course. It was, it was written for Born on the Fourth of July. Or no, wait, that's too later in the Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a like what 84. Probably, I, I think, think it might maybe it was written for Iron, now, whatever. Iron Eagle. Oh. I think it might have been written for Iron Eagle because the filmmakers of Iron, e of Iron Eagle did want to hire Judas Priest. Oh no, it wasn't Iron Eagle. It was Top Gun. Yeah, yeah well, actually, Top Gun. They wanted a song. They wanted Reckless from Turbo for Top Gun, and Priest wouldn't give it to them, and then they instantly regretted that decision which led to the johnny be good fiasco but oh, before i get tortured let's talk about something good they did in the meantime oh right <laughs> um, thank you for the correction greg because i was under the impression that they wanted the album to be the soundtrack i didn't realize they just wanted uh reckless 
for uh, the soundtrack. And where did James go? Yeah, Reckless would have been uh, the featured song, like Danger Zone is in the movie. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, and Murphy says, uh, Motley Crue ripped off Grinder on Knock Him Dead Kid. Oh, my God. That is a good comparison. Yeah. Not that you would know, Wayne. You hate Motley Crue. You've let that be known on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> that and Lit. You just got so mad about Lit for some reason. Why did you, did you hate 898? That was funny. Yes, and, and Lit sucks. Uh, Manny, go ahead. <laughs> that album's fun. No, please stop it. What's going fun, on? Uh, play Frisbee with. <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee. Oh, it's broken. Oh, well. All right. We're going to go. Go to Greg. Let's go to Greg. I don't know what Manny's doing. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, good. Well, first of all, Manny, I remember. Okay. Now. Oh, Manny, Manny wants us to see his crotch all night long. But okay, go good, good, man. Help me left again. Oh. <laughs> that boy He's better up. get a better system. I swear to God. One of these days. Greg, please. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, the reason I put these two together like this, uh, well, you got two tandem with one on a lot of this stuff because of the differing amounts of albums each band has and what year they came out and such but this is when both of them really started to break big commercially and most importantly in america in their respective careers and i think you can hear that a lot on this as well as them they definitely go more commercial here but they refine it a little bit better than they did on um uh, <clears throat> hellbent for leather and it's definitely very American on some songs and it's uh, the song structure approach. Same thing with On Point of Entry and then a couple of songs of Peace of Mind, but we'll get to that. Um, Rapid Fire is a good opener, if a little boring, but I do like the song. I love it when they do it live. I think pretty much everything on this album sounds better live, actually. Uh, the production's a little gritty on this one. Metal Gods, good song. Uh, good anthem form a little boring overall but i still like it and it's pretty cool uh breaking the law great riff total classic song there grinders a good heavy one which wayne much like you when i first heard it i really didn't like it all that much because it's basically just that guitar riff over and over and over yeah. <laughs> as cool as it is um, Jeez, it's like it's like so, it's like foreshadowing yes <laughs> And then United, I, I can't stand. I, I did not need a second attempt at We Are the Champions from them. I actually like Take On the World, but they, they could have just stopped there. And right. the worst part about this one is that opening riff sounds pretty cool. And then right. it just shits to bed like Amber Heard. You know, there you go. There's <laughs> what up, um? Oh, man. <laughs> well, it was only a matter of time before we made an Amber Heard reference on this show. True. Huh? Better Greg than somebody else. But, yeah. <laughs> tequila bottles, everybody. Hydro tequila. You, you don't have to be old to be wise. This song bothers me so fucking much because while everything on here is kind of repetitive in parts, this has to be the most boring uh, track on the record. And the chorus is far too long. I get what they're trying to say, but it doesn't all work together in the end. And did this really need to be fucking five minutes long? Like, I would have much preferred a couple extra seconds of a solo and breaking the law, or even a refrain of the chorus on that. That's more interesting on its own. Mm -hmm. Isolated that 20 seconds than anything in this, but... <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I will say though, one thing about this, where even though some of the tracks are kind of boring, when you're listening to the album as a whole, it flows together really well. Mm-hmm. Where even though I don't like this song that much, it's not um, it's not like a stark difference from anything else. Like uh, how "Burning Up" comes out of fucking nowhere on a Hellbent for Leather, but I like that song. <laughs> yeah. Um, Living after midnight. Uh, a really good hit um not really one of my favorite songs or one of their more creative ones but it's fun it's not bad just not one of my favorites still good uh the rage is my favorite track on the whole album because it brings some of that 70s priest darkness and menacing back into it because this album is really where they left a lot of that stuff behind there's more real world stuff on this whole album except for this one song really and um, it, uh, any of you guys ever watched the classic albums episode on this? I, I yes. have it, actually. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, there, there's two parts I remember. One, they recorded this in Ringo Starr's house, um, and it was during the winter of 80, I believe. And uh, I think Halford says at one point, right after John Lennon got shot, the Imagine video just turned itself on on the TV or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then, um, but as they're going through it song by song, they get to the rage and it pops over to Halford and he reads the first two lines of the song and he's like, yeah, I don't know where the hell I came up with that or what any of that means. <laughs> <laughs> but it sure sounds good. And I was like, okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> but um, I love it. Great song. I also think the record really should have ended with this. Steeler, again, not a bad song, but it's just kind of average Judas Priest. It's all, It almost sounds like a reprise and a mix together of Rapid Fire and Grinder. Mm-hmm. But instead of taking yes. two, but instead of taking two semi-strong songs and turning them into a great song, they take both elements and somehow make it more bland, except right. for the guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, that is one thing you will notice with me with a lot of their albums going into the 80s that some of the ending tracks piss me off immensely because they will have the perfect closer sometimes and then ah just shoot it right to hell and they do that here (laughs) yeah big time manny okay i'm gonna disagree with most of every one of you because i love the album actually quite a bit whoa 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 whoa. you're not you're you're not trading about i'm just i was critiquing the songs i actually yeah and i i oh i I like like the songs (laughs) it's not killing machine but well i kind of agree i i mean i get greg's point where when you listen to it as a whole you know it works better to me I mean, that's how I listen to albums anyway. I rarely pull a song out. Um, I guess my main problem with it is I personally listen to it too much. And if I never hear Breaking the Law ever again or Living After Midnight, that'd be fine. I can listen to them in an album sequence. Um, I don't know how much. I'm pretty sure that ACDC had an influence on him and Def Leppard in a weird way. Not songwriting, but keep the song, song shorter uh, give it a little more spit shine to the, but without changing your sound. Because if you think about what ACDC would did with Mutt Lang, didn't really change their sound that much. They pumped up the backup vocals, but you know, the of course they had Bon Scott. Bon Scott isn't going to really change that much anyway. But um, 
Uh, you know, I, I don't think he did on Highway to Hell. Mutt Lang taught him a lot of different things. No, he taught him how to sing, and Bob yeah, was very he, grateful for that. Proper singing. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I like, I love British Steel. I think it was a groundbreaking album for its day. I don't know what it would sound like to a kid, you know, and you know what I mean, a kid like 15, 16 year old. But it was it was a groundbreaking album during its time. It certainly helped us during the age of heavy metal of the 1980s that we saw come in. And um, as far as uh, um, you don't have to grow, you don't have to be old to be wise. I actually like that song a lot. I like Steeler a lot. And I think the reason I like Steeler is because it is rapid or uh, not Steeler, rapid. Yeah, it is. Uh, rapid fire and grinder. Yeah. Rapid yeah, fire grinders. and grinder mashed up. Yeah. yeah, because they're basically rewrites of their faster songs off the previous album. That's why I like them, you know? Yep. Um, overall, I think it's a great album. I think I like the songs a little bit better individually than you guys do. Um, lyrically, I don't want to say Rob Halford's dumbing things down, but he's definitely like Greg's pointed out. Chains is uh, what he's it, writing about. He's it's starting to become uh, Americanized almost. Oh, I mean, very Americanized. Yeah, yeah. To, to yeah. an extent, it's more simplistic, but I mean, he 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 puts more into his words still, even though it's a little bit more broken down. I mean, it's not like a Kiss album where it's just about fucking and fuck. No, that's true. And fucking. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. kids well, are about. <laughs> and I liked it more because yeah, he stopped he stopped the oversing. That's what I didn't like about staying class as much. Going from that, he 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 started not overdoing the singing because he doesn't have to do that. It's 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 good with him being backed down. It's kind of like the uh, what I like to call the Uma Thurman uh, theory. For some reason, Quentin Tarantino was the only one, the only person to tell Uma Thurman cut the overacting shit off and actually just just do your character. It's kind and of interesting that you bring that up because Freddie Mercury and Rob Halford both kind of cut back on that that over singing. I don't think it's over singing, but I know I know where you're coming from. The overuse would, of you, of the vibrato. Is yeah, they would. Yeah, 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 because they kind of uh, he learned to use it more effectively instead of using it through a whole song. You know, exactly. So, and that, I think that's my biggest issue of that album was that, and then. This uh, hell, oh, excuse me, Killing Machine and British Steel. He really tones that down, and and I like it. In some ways, I see this like part two of, of uh, Killing Machine. Well, I called it Hell Bent for Leather because um, that's what it's called here. But I kind of see it as a continuation of that, in my opinion. But overall, I think it's a strong album, and I think historically that's why it's always on these lists. You know. Yeah, they you know they played the whole album live not too long ago, and then they just released um, you know the 30th anniversary not too long ago too. So, you know, I mean, this album means a lot to a lot of uh, musicians and, and a lot of people. So, oh, know, and it's, it's it legitimately album. was a game changer and a yeah. big breakthrough. Yep. It's kind of funny how many albums in 1980 were big game changers. Back oh, in yeah. Black, Def Leppard on through the night, Iron Maiden. Anyway. Um, did Lou give his opinion? Yet? Nope, I was going to Lou right now. Lou, go. Um, so when I first heard the album when I was a kid, it was on cassette, and Breaking the Law actually opened up the cassettes. So oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was Breaking yeah, the Law. That's the American version, right? Rap. <clears throat> my my dad had the uh, the UK press of it, so I okay. had always heard it 
with the original track listing, rapid fire, metal gods, and then breaking the law. But in the US, because it was designed to break the American market, they put the two singles at the beginning of each side. They always did that. Which yeah. was a um, terrible opener. That, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It, especially on side two. Man. Living After Midnight it is a good single, but it's not a strong side opener. Right. It needs hmm. to be built up with something else. Sorry, Lou, hijacked you. No worries, no worries. <laughs> Uh, I agree with you, though. I think Living After Midnight would actually have been a perfect album closer, though, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And I prefer Rapid Fire as the opening track. I mean, that <laughs> just comes out of nowhere and just slaps you in the face and go, it's Judas Priest for the 1980s. Now, personally, if I never hear Judas Priest perform Living After Midnight or Breaking the Law again, I'd be OK with that because I've heard it. I've heard them. I've heard them perform both songs every freaking time I've gone to see them. I would like to hear an album cut, but I get it. The casual fans love that, and Priest does a great job of catering to the casual fans and the hardcores, which is a far more than I could say than Black Sabbath did in their final couple of tours with Ozzy or Kiss to this day. But I digress. All right, man, we're hitting the high notes tonight, man. Lou got his kiss. <laughs> and as much Thanks. as I love them, I'll even say Def Leppard. I don't want to hear every song off Pyromania. Well, no, I'm sorry, not Pyromania. Hysteria every time I see you live. Play something off on through the night. I'm rambling right now. Back to the album. <laughs> this album, as much as I do love it, and yes, I even love the songs you guys are shitting on. I love Grinder and I Damn love you. United. Sue me, I like don't Grindr. care. I, I like Grinder. I was just, yeah, Grindr's I was just cool. calling it cheeky, you know? <laughs> I like cheeky. Yeah. I mean, for it's... God's sakes, I grew up watching Mel Brooks films. How could I not love a song like Grinder? But anyway, um, but this album actually begins my bone of contention with Judas Priest for the remi- remainder of the 1980s. And that's even hard for me to say, considering my favorite Judas Priest album is from the 1980s. And that bone of contention is the elephant in the room. And that is the horrible, shitty ass drumming from one Dave Holland. You couldn't have picked a more robotic drummer than Dave Holland. I mean, for God's sakes, throw Peter Chris, who I think is just as bad as drummer, but at least he'd bring some life into the goddamn drums. You, you know, think that uh, Peter Chris has for, uh, swing? Yes, yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah. But, you know, he doesn't have tempo, but he does have swing. I'll give him that. Do you think they were um, going for the Phil Rudd type, you know, simplistic drumming, even big though difference, big difference, big difference, Phil, because Phil Rudd actually is phenomenal. But anyway, go ahead. Phil Rudd, I put into a uh, category with Charlie Watts. You Absolutely. know, you can depend on them. <laughs> Rest in peace, Charlie. But, you know, you can depend on them to keep the tempo throughout the entire song. Give it that life that it needs to be driving and you know, just let them cruise along. I mean, Dave Holland is just the most. Ri- and again, I hate to speak ill of the dead. And we're not going to talk about what he was allegedly no, arrested for. Because yeah. this ain't Chris Hansen to catch a predator. But I'm just talking about him as a drummer. Um, There's no uh, it- guys dress up as trees right now. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat right there? Uh, <laughs> um, hey, I'm sorry, I thought his drumming cookies. was shit. His drumming was... <laughs> I thought his drumming was shit. And, you know, I mean, Wayne, what did you think of him as a drummer? I mean, you I know. didn't have no problem with him. I, I, he's fine to me. I don't know. Uh, I see him here. I thought he I thought he fit the songs. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, he, he was no Neil Peart. He's no Scott Travis either, right. or Les Binks, for that matter. That's what I'm saying. If but, you had Les Binks no. in the band, it would have still, they would have had more life in those in those songs. Well, I, 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 I get it, it, but but when when was ever Judas Priest known as a known as this like heavily musical band outside of? I mean, the guitarists are good, but they're just they don't really show off like a, right. like Iron Maiden does or anything like that. Right. That's not their job. That's not yeah, the but, music. But James, those songs would sound ridiculous if they did the type of Iron Maiden. Oh, I, I get. It. I, I I agree completely. I yeah. I agree. I'm just I'm saying that's not their bag. But, so why are we trying to put them in that bag? Or no, sick, no. Right? But I I I get what Lou's saying about the because actually comparatively something I'll say next about point of entry. But Dave Holland is definitely not the best drummer. For the most part, it worked with Priest. Although there's some shit, especially later, like the sentinel where would have benefited from a different drummer um <laughs> while he does on the next couple albums sound very good and fuller and a little looser he is very stiff and very tense and robotic on here that's yeah. my problem with it yeah like if, if, if you replace him with like andy parker of ufo or brian downey of thin lizzie i'm talking about other drummers who again when you hear them play you can hear life in their playing you know, I'm not saying somebody like Carmina Apathy, where it's like, you know, rated. no, I, 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 I mean, great drummer, but th- that would not have been a great sound for well, Carmen Apathy is overrated. Sorry, but <laughs> Brian Ouch. Downey, Brian Downey is underrated. He is not your typical drummer. He's a phenomenal drummer. Sorry, that's OK. What were you saying? I was saying you, you call him pretty much an advanced uh, click track. I think the click track has more life. <laughs> oh, no way. I don't like I, I it's just I don't it's, know. I don't, it's, I don't, it's boring. Yeah, okay, well, every time I've seen Priest live, it's been exciting. Yeah, I, I I personally feel, and this is just an opinion, I think Scott Travis is the the right drummer for Judas Priest from Painkiller till today. I mean, he's right. he's got it, he the job is his and he owns it. Right. You know, and like when he plays um, 80s Priest live, the songs just sound better. Like it's there's way more better life than live. Yeah. yeah. He's a different player. But I don't know. He, yeah. Dave Holland did good. Like like Manny said, he he did what the songs needed to be. You know, like he, he played the drums the way they, they should have been played for those songs. I don't it, it didn't need like some crazy stuff going on. And no, like James it says, it, it doesn't need anything crazy, but he could play with a fuller sound here. And I think part of it is just it was his first outing with the band. And then I also think Tom Allen's production on this leaves a lot to be desired, especially on the drums and the bass. And that's part of what makes it so monotone because of how simple and similar a lot of the songs are. Yeah. Maybe if I listen to Dave Holland with Trapeze, I've never heard Trapeze, but he was the drummer in that band before. Maybe I should give them a shot to see. Actually, you know. he he does play better in Trapeze because well, Glenn okay, Hughes, then. but because Glenn Hughes has a more R and B sort of influence mm-hmm. than obviously Judas Priest ever will. So anyway, Wayne, are you done, Lou? Love the album, but that's my only bone of contention. I'm not a Dave Holland drumming fan, so nice. I get I, I, you know it, you. It, 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 whatever. It, <laughs> I mean, all, all things considered, yeah, the songs sound great, but 
I would just like to hear a little bit more life and less stiffness in the drums when it comes to Judas Priest. That's it. Fair enough. I'm just leaving that there. Well, yeah, what do you got to say, go, Wayne? Go, go ahead. Wayne. You said the word stiff. So. Oh, he's stiff. <laughs> Wayne, Jesus Christ. Uh, Murphy. More ways than one. We're going to be on OnlyFans, too, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Murphy said the highlights for him are Rapid Fire, Metal Gods, and Don't Have don't have to Be Old to Be Wise. See, that's a smart guy right there, whoever he that is. is. He's, I'm he's, sure it's not his first time being wrong. Oh, uh, uh, Murph. Oh, <laughs> Murph also said, comes I in didn't... with the uh, with the contrarianism. Murph did say, "I didn't see why anybody was surprised when Rob Halford came out. He looked like one of the village people. He was quoted on behind the music as saying that he looked like Glenn from the village people. <laughs> He's quoted it himself. I mean, dude, raw deal. Sin after sin, seventy-seven name drops, Fire Island." gay bar clearly singing about picking up a dude like he literally came out with that song <laughs> hey look except get... lyrics were written by gabby hoffman and that had a uh, attracted a big uh, a gay following yeah. so what the songs are good and yeah, you know I, I mean oh no no you see yeah I'm, we're having good fun with this though yeah. i mean come on it's it's good fun yeah. well what i like about grinder is you use that type sense too? Of humor. <laughs> it's got a sense of humor i mean grinder looking for me I mean, that that's Rob Halford's definitely having fun with his audience, like wink, wink, you know, and I think that's cool. Well, I think, I think it's it. also foreshadowing that the that the the gay app du jour is called Grinder, and they take, probably take it from this song. Actually, <laughs> in all seriousness, I mean, you know, I'm not gay, but I, I can't imagine the uh, suckiness of having to hide who you are for all those years, you know, and then you come out and the audience is like, they don't, we don't care. Just make some good music, you know, but it, it, I, I feel a lot of sympathy for him. I, I can't, I've never had, I can't imagine what that's like on a serious note, you know, so. uh, on, uh, on a serious note. Yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah. being at that time, but the whole yeah. fun thing about watching the movie metal Lords and him, like talking about how manly Rob Halford is while he's at full leather daddy and everything. It's just like, well, that, oh. that believe it or what was that, man? Believe it or not, believe it or not, James, it never occurred to any anybody that he was gay. Not that people sat around and thought about it, but you know, people would call David Lee Roth gay, blah blah, all this stuff, which he wasn't. And here was the metal guy who actually was, and nobody ever called him out on anything like that, you know. Yeah, so, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, when when he did eventually come out, I was like, I don't care. Please write a good metal album. That's all yeah. I cared about. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, metal audiences don't give a shit. They might draw the line at goats, but besides that, they don't care. <laughs> they, just goats you... today. Jesus. <laughs> they just want you to fucking play good rock and roll heavy metal. Wayne, you're up. Judas Priest, point of entry. <laughs> Another reference. <though. laughs> <laughs> oh. Hi-yo. Uh, the seventh album released February 1981. By now, the band was able to fly their equipment to the state of the art recording studio in Spain, uh, which you can definitely hear on the overall sound of the album. They uh, tried to be even more commercial on this album because of the pressure from the record company. Uh, another thing, too, uh, this album had two different album covers. One 
some weird thing it looked like a, a, a wing of the a, a airplane or something I, I'm imagining that's it, it is. going towards the sky making no, that, point that's the british uh, horizon. can you put it the other side uh greg since you're sideways yeah you're sideways yeah. wrong way there you go right? yes, there, yes, there, there you go, go. Yeah. okay there we go yeah. go up a little bit north, <laughs> not back towards up. the ceiling <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. go, okay. go oh, go. is that in focus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's the other point. Okay, Actually, got it. That, that could be like a trouser <laughs> snake, maybe. Maybe that's what that is. A trouser <laughs> snake? Yeah. We watch the one-eyed trouser snake as it goes into the glory hole. This is Jacques Cousteau. What is that? I, I wish I had brought it out here with me, but you guys want to talk about really non-subtle references. I have a um, tour shirt for the 88 Ram It Down tour, and <laughs> apparently it was called the Ram It Down Shove It Up tour, and right underneath Shove It Up is this giant steel fist and arm going up. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Subtle nuances, people. We didn't figure it out until 1998. <laughs> And then the uh, the other album cover has like some kind of a film strip going through. It looks like a highway type thing into mountains uh, or whatever. It's, it's computer it's printed computer paper. paper. Yeah. Yes, yes, computer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, both ugly album covers, and, and most of their early album covers kind of sucked. I mean, except for like the the second one, uh, Sad Wings was like the, probably my favorite album cover of theirs. But my uh, favorite definitely stained glass album and cover. There's something so. We, d- we don't know what it is. What is going on? It looks like Destro getting a lobotomy from uh, 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 G.I. Joe. That's what it looks like to me. Okay, no one got the yeah. Destro reference, really? I, I got no, it. No, I, I, I we, we, it. we got it. We're just letting you, we're letting you die on that vine. Womp, womp, <laughs> womp, womp. What is it, Greg? So, way. It's, uh, it's metal and it looks cool. It doesn't really matter if there's deeper meaning to it or not, but, um, there really isn't. I mean, um, Roslaw Samo designed it, but he never really said like what it was supposed to represent or anything, hmm. but, um, just the mood it gives off and the way it's lit and the fact that it's made out of steel is definitely representative of that record. Well, if Halloween could get away with fried eggs on the eyes and a girl almost swallowing a fish whole, I guess Judas Priest could get away with the stained glass cover. Yeah, well, All right, Wayne, go ahead. Why not? Why not? Uh, so this album, um, I remember listening to it. It kind of bored me a little bit, but listening to it this time, I feel a little bit differently. So heading out uh, to the highway, one of my top favorite Judas Priest songs, very memorable, catchy. Uh, also really like the guitar solos. Don't go. I think this song's way too early to be put as a second song. Starts off uh, kind of... Um, slow you know and then it just brings the album down you know uh once it gets to the chorus it's and solo picks up a bit uh those are my only parts that i like of the song pretty much otherwise uh don't really go to the song normally hot rockin where is hot rockin how do you get to it uh if they're playing this song i don't want to go turning circles <laughs> uh i hate the intro to this song what is with that what? intro? what is with that intro that's awesome that is a terrible intro Ban it man Man, it's dumb. It's it's building mood and atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, but they never go back to it, and it's just I don't know. It doesn't so fit. Literally based on every not every pop punk album ever. There's every pop punk song ever. I don't know, but that's the only part I don't like about the song. I, I otherwise I, I love the song. I think it sounds good. Um, but it builds up and melds into the main riff, though. I think it's fine. 
you know, yeah. not not everyone can revisit their fanciful stuff like Halloween does, Wayne. It's true. Uh, nobody's that great. Uh, but uh, thankfully, the song gets better after that. Uh, and they introduce those guitars again. Uh, uh, no, wait. They, uh, and again, this song doesn't really do much, but the chorus is interesting with how Rob sings it. Uh, cool, deep track. Uh, Desert Plains. Again, uh, another song I really liked when Iron Saver covered it. And uh, this version is um, good as well, obviously. A uh, very engaging song. Rob's vocals are very smooth in this one. I love how he sings. Like He's not like over singing it. Like, uh, so I'm sure James likes this song because he's not overdoing it. I'll save my comments for, for when it's okay. Turn. Interesting. Uh, Solar Angels. I think this song would have worked so much better as the second track and switched with Don't Go. Uh, this song is good. You can hear on this album in general, Rob is changing up some of his vocals approach a bit. He's a bit more subdued and being more melodic than just belting and screaming it out, like I said before. You say yes, I say no. All the I way. Say- what do you say? I say yes. I love say, that song. Really? No. All the way. Uh, this song strangely, uh, strangely uh, kind of has a bit of uh, Aerosmith feel to it. Not a terrible song, but not one I would go to often. I wonder what Rob's talking about taking all the way. <laughs> uh, tr- troubleshooter. Uh, this song has a bit of an ACDC feel to it. Uh, but again, not a song I go back to listen to often. And on the run, decent song, repetitive chorus, but music is catchy and up-tempo. Good ending to the album. Anyone catch the around two-minute mark where there's like some kind of extra vocal in there? And I forgot to yeah. take it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so decent song. No, no Thunder Road? That was uh, a again, bonus track. a bonus track, James. Which is You can tell it's like electronic drums. Yeah. That was totally different. Yeah. Was that but, Twin uh, Turbos too? Yes. Yeah. Ah. But uh, yeah, decent, decent ending to the album. So I, I don't mind his album too much. There's some good stuff on there. And uh, I, I like the production on it too. I think it's a lot better than uh, the last album. And um, yeah, it's a decent album. It's, it's much more live and louder and more yeah. authentic sounding. And they sound both tighter as a unit, but looser here. And I think part of that is having the bigger budget and getting recorded in Spain. I mean, there's still like, they mentioned pressure on them to write more hits, especially after as big as British Steel was. And you get a couple eh, dud type songs. But uh, overall, I think they play better on here than they did on British Steel. Yeah, definitely. Dave, what do you think about Dave Holland? Do you think he upped his game a little bit on this album? I actually think think his drumming fits the album. Yeah. So I'll I'll give it that. I mean, I'll leave that for when it's my time to talk, let yeah. Greg wrap up. You fired, uh, Greg. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> what? What about Dave's drumming? Yeah, just in general, the rest of the album. Because I know this is uh, one of your favorite Priest albums too. So, oh yeah, this this would be in my top five. It's just, it's it's a great record, and it um, other than all all the way and Troubleshooter is kind of where it falls apart. I mean, you say yes is definitely almost a damn police song i mean right yes it sounds like judas priest playing it but i can i can see why this upset some fans like honestly you would think they would be hits the way they're written but the problem i think with the radio play was it still sounds very much like judas priest Mm -hmm. and i think that was a little bit too heavy maybe for your mainstream listeners at this point but that song I was two, i have two other bands instead of the police although the police is very good for that 
song. I hear two other uh, two other band references. Is Cars one of them? No. Okay. Interesting. Well, we'll get to well, that. Well, we're waiting. Let Greg finish. You, Wayne, I also thought um, all the way made me think of Aerosmith a little yeah. bit too. Yeah. And the Cars at points, but um, that's the one song on here I'm really not all that fond of. It uh, annoys me really because it starts with one of the best uh, leads and riffs on the record and then it gets to that chorus where the hand claps definitely sound better than they did on Starbreaker but it doesn't really fit the verses (laughs) and so that one I'm not particularly fond of but heading out to the highway is a great opener Um, I really like Don't Go I think it's a great song but you're right it shouldn't have been track two um Hot, hot rockin's just your average rocker. I mean, I don't dislike it. I wouldn't turn it off, but it's not one of my more favorite songs by them. Turning Circles is. I think it's great all the way through. That's got a killer solo on it, too. Desert Plains, probably my second favorite ballad-type song from them. Um, you know, it's just awesome all the way through. And the way... He doesn't go as much with the bravado, although I think that really fit the style of staying class really well. But um, he emotes a little bit more here while he's constraining the falsettos and the bravados and whatnot a little bit. So I think that really made that an excellent song and great that they play it live. Solar Angels, probably my favorite song on the whole album. Just great all around. this was actually their opener for every show during this tour. I've got a soundboard recording of it. That's pretty badass. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And that's what, that's another reason I think I like this one so much better than um, British steel and even Hellbent for leather. Really. It just, it has that live feel to it. It's a, it's way more aggressive sounding and approach, but even though, a lot of the themes are much poppier than British Steel was. I mean, it loses that gritty metal element of it, but I just like the live sound of the band a lot here. And and I think most of this album was like kind of written like on the spot too, no? Yeah, they wrote it in the studio in Spain, I do believe. Yeah. The whole thing there. Yeah. And that's another thing I like about it where even though they get kind of bland and a little too poppy during parts, it really fits together well because it sounds like they were having a good time and it's it's just super organic. Like mm-hmm. I said, the only complaint I really have is just, and still, I can listen to it, the album all the way through and it really doesn't bother me. It's just a chorus to all the way sounds really misplaced and Troubleshooter is a little choppy. Everything in it is a cool idea but they don't really connect certain parts of it too well. Kind of the same with All The Way, but um, I love On The Run. Great album, Closer, great song. I wish they would have done that live. Mm. Yeah, cool. But, uh, uh, two uh, favorite songs would probably be Turning Circles and Solar Angels. Cool. Yeah, I love I love Solar Angels. It's a good song. Um, Murphy says, uh, did they have a single successful as Living After Midnight before, or was Living After Midnight the first successful the first they had some moderate success before, but I don't. Oh, think- I, what, wouldn't breaking the lobby considered a bigger single? That wasn't the, released after though. It was not the first one. 
Yeah, Living oh, After Midnight came yeah. out first. Oh, yeah, if you watch yeah. the music videos, Halford's got long hair in Living After Midnight. Then he yeah. cuts it right before Breaking the Law. Yeah. Which you have, another, th- you have another thing coming? That was 82. 82. Yeah. All right, Manny. Um, all three singles from this had music videos. They just didn't perform as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There was Hot Rockin' and um, a point of entry. I used to really like the album. I'm surprised Greg mentioned it's one of his favorite ones. I believe he said that right. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the album. They um, they were going a little more commercial, but they're also experimenting at the same time. That's what makes it interesting. Solar Angels, the you know, example of that. Heading out to the highway is an example of how to do a song that's radio friendly without selling out, you know, without sounding ridiculous. Um, I think it's, it's a very, it's weird thing to say this far into their career, but I think it's somewhat of a transitional album because it's, um, it's not quite as what they would become with Scream for Vengeance other that, but it's very different than British Steel. Sonically, it doesn't have a lot. I, I hear what you're saying, but I would say more experimental than transitional because this is more, I feel like they tried something out and they didn't quite like how it worked overall. And then they found a way to refine the metallicness of the seventies more into their current approach. And that was how they went at screaming for vengeance. That's just how it seemed to me though. But You know, the, the, the thing, um, you know, what we didn't mention about British steel is that's the first album where they literally, whatever blues influence they have it's gone totally i mean they're full out metal band at this point or at least metal of its era well and but this album yeah go ahead i'd say the rage has some of that bluesiness to it though wouldn't you yeah a little bit a little bit but you really got to listen for it you know it's not as upfront point of entry um experimental album i like it i think i like it better than the band likes it but I don't love it, but it's certainly better than in what would come like Turbo and Jugulator and God. Anyway, what I like about the album is the band is not afraid to take chances. That's what I like about it. And at this point, it probably Oh, oh, oh Manny. Oh, Manny. 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 Oh, he's running away. He's, he's done gone robotic. The take chances because they could have walked. Stop buying those doors. Oh, cells. no. Did it. <laughs> now, could you repeat everything you just said? He's gone. <laughs> and he's gone. He's, he's got to go back to the computer. Uh, he must have Spectrum. Uh, James, go ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of Spectrum. Uh, all right. So, point of entry. I think is a very interesting album. I do like that they go different directions. However, I, 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 a lot of this album is not metal at sure. all. So, all right. So oh. heading out to the highway, I put, eh, I'm not, it's, I, I don't like it that much. Not, not one of my favorite songs. Don't go, don't go. Interesting way to going about the song, but you know, it's, it's different. Hard rocking. I think musically it's really good, but the lyrics are, not very strong. Mm. Uh, turning circles. This isn't metal. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be a great theme here. Uh, <laughs> Desert plains. 
This isn't metal. This is yacht rock. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, you, know. You, you disagree with it or not? This is the truth. Anyway, bring, uh, he brings you love. Wait a minute. Are you saying because the <laughs> chords are the same as Christopher Cross's "Ride Like the Wind"? That doesn't make a yacht rock. Aww. Yacht rock. Anyway, the the pulp beats and everything's yacht rock. Anyway, Solar Angels did thirty eight specials and damn, just and killed Dan, Manny. Or did thirty eight specials? Manny, or... do you need a defibrillator? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get more of this. Get ready. Solar Angels did thirty eight special of damn Yankees get Rob Halford for a song. Oh, for fuck's sake, Jake. <laughs> you just didn't throw Night Ranger into that mix. That's, that's one of the most priest-like songs on the record. Uh, no, it's not. Anyway, uh, you, you know, say... I, I disagree okay. completely with that statement. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, you say yes. Did they listen to a bunch of Kinks and Blondie? Okay. I got a lot of Kinks and Blondie out of that. I, I, get, I get that, James. That I actually get that reference. And the answer is probably... But yeah. Probably. I mean, who who wouldn't who wouldn't at that moment would be watching a lot of Blondie? Yeah. Watch Blondie with the sound off. But anyway, go ahead. Hey yo, never yeah, um, right. yeah, right. all, all, all the way. This is more metal, but it's like pop metal. So the Aerosmith references and everything, I, I get way poppy. Troubleshooter. Okay, how? Okay, without without knowing what what Rob Halford's uh, prefer, uh, you know preferences were. How many high school girls thought this was their anthem at the time? <laughs> Need I remind you the great quote from Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Some girl yelling out, I want to jump his bones. Good luck, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that one. And on the run, we went so long without Rob Halford over singing a song. <laughs> we went so long. I knew that was coming. <laughs> and then and then and then I got to listen to Thunder Road because this is part of the album, so I gotta put it in there. Uh, yeah. Very hair metal vibe. I got a lot of like you know, hair metal vibes from mm-hmm. the song. Craig, was that even recorded during these sessions, Thunder Road, or is that no? Just- it was meant for Twin Turbos. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that explains it, James. So yeah. Uh, man, it, have- it, 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 it wasn't a bad one. I just I I just when I was listening to it, going, I'm like, this isn't any of the Judas Priest we've listened to the entire time it's nothing like that i'm See, shocked you don't like more of it, it than you do it it it, it, no, 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 it I, isn't like, it like, isn't it. like just... that but it is like i you, you can hear them experimenting with more popular stuff and just different shit in general but it still really sounds like judas priest for the most part eh, i i i just i disagree with that i mean other than like the guitars are tuned the same and everything like that i thought it's just the the types of the riffs and everything they were going with was not what Judas Priest was doing and I like that from the last two albums and then they go this way I'm kind of like well okay they're throwing us a curveball here but what the heck's going on here what's what's the you know what's yeah. the thought process sonically it sounds very very different I mean I mean we could talk about the songwriting but sonically it, it's very very different I think some of the lyrics on here are very dumbed down I mean you say yes or whatever. Trump. Hot rocking. Hot rocking is a perfect example of that. I mean, I put that. The lyrics are just awful. Yeah, I mean, hot rocking is the best example. Um, what the what? What does that mean? Uh, hot rocking. <laughs> and they want to go he there. Where to go? <laughs> well, I guess this last was cold rocking, but you know. <laughs> 
and I think unintentionally that video where they're, uh, you know, they're at the uh, steam bath. Talk about homoerotic without trying to be. Oh, <laughs> you know? Dude, that's don't go that whole video. And then you, you just think about the lyrics with it. And <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the songs on there, Again, as a kid, I read it and didn't think twice about it. But one of the songs on there, he's definitely expressing, you know, his, his sexuality. Oh, yeah. 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 But um, it's a good song. Up. Yeah, it is. I don't want to get hung up on that. But it, it's just kind of funny in retrospect, looking back on it, you know, on that. Um, but anyway, you, you know, to to debate that point, though, I would also like to say where some people may have not noticed is even with the steam bath and the don't go video being the way it is with all the leather and the song references and all that i mean by the mid to late 80s poison molly crew rob halford was looking pretty goddamn manly yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah or did i true. not i mean you know when, when prince was more manlier at that moment than they were <laughs> Well, Prince is a musical genius, so he could do whatever he wants. But but I'm, 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 talk, I'm talking about the way he looks. That, I'm talking about well, his yeah, looks. That was the air. I mean, like you guys point out, Poison. Again, it's ironic that Rob Halford, like you guys point out, you know, is not is not going that far. Um, but James, you brought up a good point. The more popular elements, but it didn't. They didn't turn into what like you named Poison, Motley Crue. Oh, no, 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 no. No, they would it's, save it's... that for five years down the road. <laughs> we're, we're, sa we're saving that. Yeah. I, so I heard yeah. like stuff like 38 special and stuff like that. Is, uh, I, I heard a lot of 38 special in it. When I, when, so you're when saying I... it's more AOR hard rock <laughs> than it is metal, yes. essentially. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm just, you're not I'm wrong. Not, it's, no, I'm not, not calling it metal in the sense of heavy metal. I'm calling it, it's, it's a rock album. And, and James, you yeah. know, what's funny is, uh, bands like blackfoot leonard skinner black oak arkansas i don't think 38 special all these southern rock bands that you would think would have not have no audience in the uk were huge in the uk so i'm sure some of that influence slipped through so that's a good uh good well, spot and here's an black ironic foot, thing and then it also i don't know about you guys but um a little bit of lover boy in there you know some canadian stuff too april wine just what was popular at the time oh my god but greg that is so aro i mean that, that made poison sound like you know i like led zeppelin there's more musical value in power play and nature of the beast than there is in those first three poison albums i'll give greg that i, I, will, give you that. I will give you that uh, here's the ironic thing molly hatchet we consider a southern rock band they call yeah. themselves a heavy metal band you're right next yeah they about, do you but, know, um, like a lot of those bands are interchangeable. And I, I know this band has absolutely nothing to do with the two that we're talking about, but Black Sabbath themselves during the Mob Rules tour. And I read this in the uh, Digipack that I got. Uh, their opening acts were bands like The Outlaws, you know, Green Grass and High Tides. Yeah, yeah. You know, because to them, it's like the differences in musical taste or musical style they thought would go over well with the audiences because, you know, you didn't have, okay, this is all the metal we're going to give you. You know, it's like to them, it's like the bands were interchangeable because, you know, metal was just coming up at the time. It's like, it was either called hard rock or, you know, music. metal was still relatively new in the echelon of the mainstream. So, 
Well, I don't know if you ever heard. Uh, I mean, I know Greg knows Scott Waters, but me and Scott are about the same age. And a lot of the stuff that we call metal wouldn't be called metal now because of what you mentioned. Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, even ACDC. I still consider it that genre because that's what I grew up at being called. But, you know, even heart. So you bring up a good point that it wasn't established totally as a genre yet. So they would throw all kinds of bands under that banner that didn't necessarily belong there. So it's a good point you brought up, Lou. Uh, Murphy says the hot rocking video starts off like get physical, but with no chicks. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the number two video on the Electric Eye home DVD. So, yeah, I remember that. I had never yeah. seen that video. I'll have to look it up. Well, not that I want to, but. It's on YouTube. You can find he's it. YouTube. Sure he's going to YouTube it, and next thing you know, so the, the plays are going to be like a thousand plays. He's just going to watch it. You know, seriously, over. we should do a Rat Side Review theater of all Judas Priest videos. That would be funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it would actually. It would be funny, but it it would kill me to say anything negative about their. Uh... Oh, we can. Come on. I mean, we, uh, I mean come on. Come on. We're going we're gonna to make so a couple bad. of Blue Oyster Bar jokes. I and mean, no recommendations on. from Eric Adams, please. <laughs> Thank you. No, no more. All right, Lou, what do you think about this album? It's my number 10 favorite Judas Priest album. Number 10. Um, number yeah, 10. number 10. It's not in the top five, but it's number Good 10. Um, I think that they should be praised for their experimentation. Yes. Um, because, you know, yeah, is it a metal album? No, that doesn't make it uh, a bad album at all. I mean, if anything, I would consider it Priest doing hard rock. Uh, with some of the better, I would say, better tracks uh, or better songs of any experimental album out there. I mean, I I love the songs Desert Plains and Solar Angels. I kind of wish I could go to an air show one day because there's always the air show at Jones Beach. I would love to hear the, I would love to see the planes flying to Solar Angels and doing like a crazy uh, show to that. That would be cool. Instead of rock you like a hurricane for the three hundred and sixty-fifth thousandth time. Kill me now, please. Thank, Scorpions thank, are better you guys. with Julie. You know I have to do an air show in September, right? By the way, Great Smoky Mountains Air Show at <laughs> McGee Tyson Air National Guard Base. I'll be working that. Yay me! So guess what? I'm going to be listening to. Very nice. Again, I emphasize, Greg, and I'm glad you agree with me. They were better with Uli. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, but um, heading out to the highway, I mean, killer, killer <laughs> song and goes over great live. I like Don't Go and I like Hot Rock. And even though I think the videos are god and awful. Well, I like the songs too, but they're, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good songs. Hot Rock and the only thing that hurts it for me is just the, the lyrics. It's, it's dopey. But again, it's like that is it's... better than Motley Crue's best song. Okay, it's... great. But Rob Howe is a very intelligent man, okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody's, nobody's mistaken Nikki Six for a member of Mensa. That's my point. <laughs> I, I know that, but again, no. you also have to consider that the label gave them uh, an, not an exuberant amount, but, I mean, enough that they could record in Spain, and they said, write us hit singles. Let's face facts. We could accuse bands of selling out all we want. If you're signed to a label, you're contractually obligated to deliver for the for the label. So, you know, is this a pop metal album or a hard rock album? Yes, it is. They were trying to get radio play. I don't fault them for it. You know? No, and it still has an in- integrity to it and soul, unlike uh, <coughs> Hysteria. But uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> even if even if I hated the album, which I don't, I would still give them credit for trying something new. Yeah. Think about it, 1981. They could have easily done British Steel 2. And let's face it, it probably would have sold a shitload ton more than Point of Entry. But they chose not to do that. I mean, if this was their idea of, of hit singles, it's incredible. Because other than heading out to the highway, the songs have hooks, but they're not exactly Aria Speedwagon. So, oh, yeah. I uh, also loved um, Elected Part 2. I, I mean, um, All the Way. That was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, that's the, you guys say uh, that song reminds you of Aerosmith. That reminded me of no, Elected from Alice no, Cooper. No, I heard no. a lot of sweet emotion in it. I didn't think of Elected. No, that because uh, um, I'm got a lot of I was, so, Sorry, Lou. <laughs> Florida intelligence, Manny. Anyway, <laughs> oh, running joke from before. Running joke. Hey, from yo, before. you be you be nice about our North American Australia. Manny, okay? te quiero, mi amigo. Love you, man. Anyways. Um, <laughs> what was I getting at? Oh yeah, um, you no, mean but... before you got sidetracked by America's Wang? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a boy. Uh, I was expecting Manny to come in with. We prefer the Sunshine State. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah, but uh, anyway, though I, I do love the album, and um, I I think. I think it's important to recognize that in 1981, when this came out, look at the other albums that came out along with it at the time. For those about to rock, we salute you. High and Dry. Um, one of my personal favorites, The Wild, The Winning, uh, The Wild, The Willing, and The Innocent from UFO. MSG second album. Yes, MSG. Thank you. It holds up with that. Now, if you notice, I didn't throw Killers in there from Iron Maiden because to me, that album, no, it, it's, but, it's deserving of its own island. But if you um, compare... A, a better example would probably be Rainbow, Difficult to Cure anyway. Yeah, so yeah. if you think about the albums that came out in 1981 as opposed to what preceded it the year before, it fits, in my opinion. It definitely I, does. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I give Priest all the credit in the world for uh, being, as, being as experimentative as they were. I, I love it. I think it's a killer record. Um, I think it's, I, it's, I really think it's, it's the dark horse of the Priest discography. It, it's the Klaus Kinski of Judas Priest albums. Fuck you, I do what I want. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving right along, uh, Iron Maiden, Peace of Mind. The uh, fourth album released May of 1983. First album to feature Nico McBrain on drums. Uh, the song To Tame a Land was originally going to be called Dune after the novel, but uh, after seeking permission... Frank Herbert's from- an asshole. Yeah, basically. He said he doesn't like rock bands, particularly heavy metal rock bands, and especially bands like Iron Maiden. So they were forced to change the name for that. And also at the beginning of the six track still life, uh, the band included a hidden message, which could uh, be only be understood by playing the song backwards. This was a joke and intended swing back at the critics who had accused Iron Maiden of being satanic. Yeah. The, the backwards message consists of drummer Nico McBrain mimicking actor John Bird's impression of uh, Idi Amin. Idi Amin. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. The cannibalistic uh, uh, dictator from what country? I don't know. Mm. But uh, hold on. He's uttering the following phrase. Uh, what ho said the ting with the three bonds don't meddle with 
things you Uganda. don't understand. Don't meddle with things you don't understand. Followed by a belch. Uh, the phrase itself is taken from the satirical album, The Collective Broadcast of Idi Amin. If I'm, how is it you say it again? Idi Amin. Idi Amin. Idi Amin. All right. So anyway, uh, I always felt this album was a little weak compared to the previous three, where the first half of the album is almost perfect, but then it starts to fall on the second half. But I might have changed my mind on that a bit after listening to it for the show. Uh, we're Eagles Dare. We uh, get our introduction to Nico right off the bat with his drum intro. Uh, totally different drumming style from Cliff Burr, but uh, he's an excellent fit with the direction they are Why? starting to go in. Cliff. Clive. What I said, Cliff? I'm sorry. Cliff. Yes. I'm half awake here. Uh, so anyway, the song itself is right up there with the top Maiden songs of all time. One of the best opening tracks as well in their discography. Uh, Revelations, another top main song, but unfortunately, this doesn't get much attention being played live, which sucks. Um, this is a little similar to Children of the Damned with the acoustic parts going back to the uh, heavy guitars. Bruce's vocals are very melodic in the verses. Uh, there's no chorus, but just uh, everything works in the song. Some really great guitar work and guitar solos. Flight of Icarus, another top maiden song. It's very repetitive throughout, but the song tells a st- story lyrically and the music file, uh, flows with it and the solos at the end make it intense. Great song. Die with your boots on. Now this song I either could give or take, but uh, today I'm taking it. It's upbeat and a little too happy sounding musically, which is why it kind of clashes with the lyrics to me a bit, but uh, it's a good song. The chorus just lacks a bit. The Trooper, a song that every musician loves to play. Uh, it's like the metal equivalent to uh, Stay Ready to Heaven and who can blame them because it's uh, an awesome song and a huge staple in the set list to this day. Uh, the funny thing about the song, it's almost as if the chorus is uh, just the oh part and uh, everybody knows when that's coming and they all sing it. Uh, Still Life. Now, I like this song. I love the intro and the verses. Everything fits really well and kind of reminds me of something that could have been on the first two albums. But the chorus kind of ruins it a bit with the catchiness of the rest of the song. I can look past that quest for life uh quest for fire skip the song should have been much better uh, as a more thought out instrumental uh the lyrics are just too wordy almost like bruce didn't know how to sing them uh properly in the verses course is okay just not executed well enough and shouldn't have made it on the album sun and steel this song is a bit better but like quest for fire it seemed like they uh could have worked it out uh, with the lyrics a little bit better make them flow more uh, especially in the chorus where lyrics seem to have been lazy and just looking for some words that rhymed. And to Tame a Land, good ending to an album. I like the Egyptian guitar stuff going on and throughout the song. Uh, the song, though, basically led to something better on the next album, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Manny. Okay, my thoughts. Uh, this is actually the very first Star Maiden album I bought as a new release. I, the first one I heard was Number of the Beast, first one I've always is. When I first heard it, I was 13. I thought Nico McBrain was the one of the greatest drummers ever since then. I feel that Clyde was a bit better, but very different styles. I have to agree with your assessment on the second half of the album, Wayne. I don't think it's a strong uh, quest for fire. They can stick that song up their ass because it's terrible. Um, <laughs> Sun and Steel is okay. Um, Revelation. Is, is that the first song about dinosaurs? Quest for Fire is uh, based on a book based right, on a movie right. where it had Daryl Hannah was in a role where they're literally cavemen looking. Yeah, for- they, they don't the speak anything. They just make so. grunt sounds. What? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, they just- 
Christopher Fire might be wordy. It might be about something silly like that, but it still rocks and it's a pretty damn good song. But that fucking jingle jangle Sunday falling on your steel son and steel kills the whole album. It does. Okay. It does. I got you on that one, Greg. Give me time baby. on that one. I got I got I'll come off the top. Sun and on that steel one. should have been cut off. I know Steve wasn't big on having covers on the albums, but Sun and Steel should have been cut off of this and they should have put on the Montrose cover of I've Got the Fire. Well, didn't they also record Cross Side Mary too at that time? Yeah, nope. actually, yeah, yeah, I would rather there. have Cross-Eyed Mary, come to think of it. Yeah. Um, I I like the album a lot. I don't like it as much as I did when I was a kid, but it's a great... Um, also, my memory is kind of um, clouded by the fact that it's the first time I saw him live when I was 13. Um, with Quiet Ride opening, second time I saw Quiet Ride at that age. Um, but overall... Um, Man, I used to love that album, Flight of Icarus. I, I, I thought Bruce Dickinson was an incredible vocalist when I was a kid. I still do, but I, I just didn't hear anyone sing like that back then. Uh, uh, Dale was the closest, and Dale sang way different than he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought they were one of the greatest bands of all time as a kid. I still love Iron Maiden, but um, I don't have much to say but to add more than you did, Wayne, other than it's a great album, but looking back, it's a little uneven because of the second half. That's basically my take on it. Rick. Mute. Hang on. I had to unmute myself. Um, well, Wayne, you cover most of it. Damn it, cat, get the hell. Sorry. Cat's <laughs> rubbing up on the of mine. Had oh, to nice. get her off, but... Uh, I love where Eagles there. That's uh, like, I can totally see why Nico, when that history of Iron Maiden documentary is always doing that. Because it's just, it's great. Although if if there is one, I can only pick one uh, song that doesn't have Clive on it that I would love to hear him do. It would have been that because he could have done super something super awesome with that. What Nico does is good, but Clive just has that more aggressive style. But, um, that song's a total classic. Revelations, I do like a lot, but um, I think some of his vocals are kind of awkward in a few parts on it. But, um, the instrumental parts of it are definitely my favorite. That one has one of the uh, best solo sections on the whole album. Oh, yeah. And then so does Flight of Icarus, which is mm, probably my second favorite song on here. But with especially Flight of Icarus and the Trooper on this and even some of the other songs, much like with what was Priest was doing and why I paired these together, you can definitely hear the more American um, influences flowing into the structure of the songs because I believe Flight of Icarus was an even bigger single in the U.S. than Number of the Beast or Run of the Hills was at the time. It was. Well, it, it was considered their biggest single in the United States, which is why they didn't play it after the Power Slave tour anymore. What? Well, you got to see them do it on Legacy of the Beast, and it was awesome. Yeah. But it's a great song. You know, there, there's not, nothing wrong with what they were doing with their sound. Um, yeah, they fumble a little bit on here, but for the most part, I think all the songs are strong most of them are great staples you know of their show and uh adrian and dave are great on here as always except for sun and steel that's really just the one (laughs) blemish to me 
with uh with die with your boots on it doesn't bother me as much because while the chorus is brighter the guitars uh match it so it still fits um the second half of the album still life i know that's like one of the most favorite album cuts for a lot of people i like it but a little too repetitive on parts not my favorite song from them but still a really good one and uh quest for fire other than him trying to sing too much too fast it's a little lower a little bit more plotting but i like the song and to tame a land i love yeah uh, great job from nico on there really cool bass line on that as well james uh-oh he's got a smile on his face so. Yeah, James doesn't like Where Eagles Dare. No, no. So, so okay, here's my problem with Where Eagles Dare. I like the con. I like I like the subject matter. I like the chorus, but everything else falls apart. I don't like the. I don't like how the verses work, and I just for some and reason the song just. I just don't like it. I don't so hear I went, it at all. It just confuses me because t- I, I listened to it earlier, and I just I trying to just hear some of what you were hearing i can it sounds like it flows perfectly to me it, it yes. does to me but that's just yeah. me hey this is these are my opinions you know right revelations why i just it has good bits but oh my god they have regressed it has some great bits the guitar solo is everything great but they, they regressed fly the Icarus. this is groovy this is a good song why was this why why the first two songs it just it drives me nuts Die with your die with your boots on. Something feels off. The lyrics or the beat, something just something doesn't feel like it's flowing correctly. The Trooper, another classic. I I, I think Carmageddon. Every time I play, I hear it because that's what I heard a lot while while playing the game. Uh, I it's true. Still life better than what was the first two songs in my opinion. Um, Quest for Fire. I, I believe Still Life could have been the first uh, the first thing on there other than uh, Where Eagles Dare. I think they could have worked on that a little bit better. Close for Fire, okay song. I like the lyrics because it's something different. Talking about cavemen. Sun and Steel, very generic and uninspired. I'm talking boy band, boy band sounds with unattractive men playing it. All right. <laughs> well, James, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you didn't say I was wrong. You never said I was wrong. Maiden goes Menudo. They did. They did. I mean, Menudo would have done better with this. Anyway, go ahead. The monkeys would have done better with this. Anyway, um, <laughs> Tame Land, another repetitive instrumental. No, they're singing in this one. Jesus, I don't like Iron Maiden instrumental. Apparently, okay, or I Iron guess, Maiden in general. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not, okay, so wait, 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 wait. You're, you're hearing, you're hearing these things and hearing my my critiques. It, I mean, everything else is fine. It's just, it's for me. I never caught the hype of Iron Maiden, so maybe that's my problem. Um, there's they don't they don't connect I, with me. But not, you're not a fan. I'm I'm just not, I'm not a fan. But I mean, there's some good stuff in there, and then there's some really bad stuff with them. And just for some reason, the instrumentals, I absolutely hate. Hmm. Well, there was no instrumentals on his album, so no. Yeah, but that, that, that last song. I think he means the instrumentation. Yeah. yeah. That's how I put, I put it. Is, 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 this, is this one of the repetitive instrumentals with keeping time with fancier ways? No, they're singing involved, is what I bet. <laughs> Lou? My number five favorite Iron Maiden album. Um, 
Where Eagles there is a killer opener. James, I love you, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, this album actually had a lot of uh, significance for me growing up, especially in the summer of 87. I made a copy of it um, on my uh, what a cassette track. player. My No, not A-Track. My brother had it on cassette. I Laser copied disc. the album put it on a Memorex tape and listen to that on my Walkman and the entire time I was in Greece that year and uh, just loved it. I mean, side one itself is just all killer, no filler. Like I said, where Eagles there revelations um, fly to Icarus and die with your boots on um, turn to side two. Uh, loved the trooper then, but like living after midnight and breaking the law, if they never played it live again, it's not going <laughs> to bother me. I'm just, burnt on it um still life really good album cut the only track on the album that gets it's my least favorite but i still like it is um quest for fire um i agree with whoever said it before that he's just singing too fast on that um it worked on where eagles dare here it's just like i think harris just needed filler but it was good filler um i like sun and steel love that song um, as someone who's into like fantasy and like dragons and sword play and shit like that, I mean, I go to I Ren Fairs every year. I, I do like love that song and shit like that, which is what it's actually about. But it's just a bad song. Music. Yeah, it's. I mean, I like that shit too. I mean, I I freaking read all the Game of Thrones books. I still think that song sucks. <laughs> well, I read the book Quest for Fire, and I think that song still sucks. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But uh, I love it. You're right. It was it was more about samurai. I don't know why I was thinking dragons and shit. But I hear you know, killed your first man at sixteen. It's like you know, oh okay. Yeah, cool Ronnie Ebler wrote about dragons. Anyway, keep going, <laughs> guys. I'm only on two hours sleep too. Anyway, right. um, but to tame a land love it wish that they would play it live mm-hmm. um, i mean and i've heard a, uh, some really good covers of this one was by dream theater on um, the last album that they did with portnoy and another one it was on a uh an iron maiden tribute called the call to irons released by dwell records back in 99 or 98 the the doom band morjan covered it it was heavy as hell and they actually took a, a snippet of the movie Doom with Kyle McLaughlin, where um, he yells, I think the line, uh, Father, the sleeper has awakened. Is that the is that the line? Have anyone seen the movie Dune? Yes, well, anyway. I have sat through it on two non-consecutive occasions, and uh, I believe that is the line. Right. So but it actually listen to well. the song, read the books. You don't need to see the movie. I love you, David Lynch, but the studio destroyed it. They did. Yeah, exactly. Were you being paid to watch this movie? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, you see, I, have you seen the new one? No, my son loves it, but I've never seen it. So, no, the original. I was actually just really high, and I wasn't going to reach under the couch for the remote. So, <laughs> I think that's how most people enjoyed it, uh, <laughs> or they're incarcerated. Anyway, go ahead. But uh, you know, an excellent epic to uh, close, in my opinion, an excellent album. So, yeah, I realize I'm kind of in the minority here because I do like Sun and Steel, and I really do want to try the sake infused beer Sun and Steel one day. But there's no uh, beer distributors around here that uh, 
distribute trooper beer unless you go to duff's in brooklyn let me show you i did get one if i still have it what did you did it taste good yeah no it wasn't that one i got the trooper beer which is right here Mm -hmm. I, i kept the bottle and i live in florida keep in mind so i got the cannibal corpse beer from angry chair so there you go Oh, I need that beer when I go when I get down there. Actually, you get down there, you hook you look me up. All right. <laughs> together. Hey, um, so uh God, I, I like the album too, but do you think it hold I mean, Greg, I mean, do you think it holds up as well as Number of the Beast? I think it holds up better than Number of the Beast, actually. Um, I think Number of the Beast had, definitely has its place cemented as a classic album and right. uh, through record but i think this one is stronger song wise and better put together and you wayne uh the number of the beast uh no maybe uh mixed wise like production wise yes but song wise no i I like number of the beast more same here but i do agree the production on this album is very 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 it's excellent i don't know if they had more money or what was going on but it it to this day it sounds great to listen to whether on record yeah, the, the guitars are a lot more clear the drums are you know clear too everything's just a lot yeah. clearer on this one yeah definitely definitely I, I will admit nico's drumming on this album is very very good um war eagles there is a perfect example uh nico or uh dave holland Oh, Nico oh, by no. far. <laughs> you and I will say that. Yeah. Jesus hey, you know how about John Hinch? How about that? <laughs> hey, what if Nico oh, was John in uh, for Dave Holland? I'd have to give it to Dave. What if Nico was in Judas Priest? That would have worked. Well, no. actually, it might have because he did play a little differently when he was with Trust. Mm. Yeah, huh. yeah, he played like Dave Holland did in Trust. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very interesting question, actually. I think I'm so used to Nico's drumming along to Steve Harris's Gallop mm. at this point. Like, it's ingrained in my head right now. I don't think I could hear him with any other bassist. I don't. I couldn't either, actually. I agree with you. It's funny. When I was, when I was younger and I first bought this album, I thought Nico um, was a way better drummer than Clive was. I look back. Interesting. I, I don't know if he's better or not, but they're certainly very different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, make- te- technically, from a technical standpoint, yeah, Nico's better, but the attitude and the feel Clive had, you can't teach, and that's where he becomes more interesting. Yeah, maybe that's Clive that. definitely had his own style about him. Yeah, he was Clive was good for his era, and Nico was good for his era. I think I, well, I don't Nico, I don't see Clive really doing a lot of the okay. stuff that Nico did. Was that Nico will flat out tell you he thinks Clive's a better drummer right. than he. Right. But, but Nico, the way he hit those, I'm not comparing him to John Bonham. John Bonham had that swing, but you know, every drummer wanted to get that big, you know, hard mm-hmm. sound. Nico definitely got that. Yeah. Um, oh, he definitely he, did, and he's excellent on this. Yeah. Thing. He did say if Bonham could play as well as he did with a single kick drum, then I could do Where Eagles Dare, Where Eagles Dare on a single kick drum. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. That- what I find it, I'm sorry, go ahead, May. No, is that a single kick drum on that? Yeah, yeah. that yeah. he does. He he only used the double kick 
on one song on Dance of Death. And he said he hated it. And he, he, he said the song needed it, but that was the only time he ever used double kick. Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to have to rethink uh, what a high valuation of, the, of him as a drummer. I mean, I always thought he was a great drummer, but that's pretty impressive. I think anyway. it's interesting that you guys mentioned that uh, John Bonham had swing, because if you asked, uh, I know that we've spoken about this before, James, uh, one of your favorites, Ginger Baker, did say, I love the way he smiles sideways every time I mention his name. Um, you know, Ginger Baker said, uh, who, who hated everybody that wasn't him, did say that uh, John Bonham had technique, but he had no swing. I was just like, well, John Bonham had well, no swing? I like Ginger Baker, but, you know, he... What an ass. <laughs> this is true. Oh, yeah. It was listening to In Through the Outdoor, if nothing else, you know, album. Anyway. So. Well, okay. Wait, 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 wait. I think I, I, th- I don't think you understand his criticism a little bit. It's not swings a little bit of, a, of an interpretive term. He can swing. However, does he have the natural swing mm-hmm. in the in the groove, which I, do, I mean, I kind of agree with Ginger. A little bit with that situation but i mean it isn't like someone who can just swing you know there there are times when you can put a little pizzazz well, in the, well ginger know. baker was a trained dra- jazz drummer where john bottom was self-taught really a blues guy you know back to yeah. that but which which is probably the reason why he said that yeah well that's your big ass but anyway go ahead and, and, oh it does not it does not keep him away from that absolutely Sometimes a lack of swing is okay. I mean, listen to Phil Collins on those 70s Genesis records. There there wasn't really any swing to his playing, but I mean, listen well, to a song like Musical Box. He freaking kills the drums on that. Absolutely. So. But that that kind of drumming fits that that music, what they were writing. Yeah, it's more yeah. frantic, I guess, than swinging. So oh yeah, that's a perfect description. Frantic mm-hmm. isn't very good description of this very that Dave Holland has no franticism about him. Yeah. Tick, 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 tock. God, no, no, no. All right. Judas Priest, British Deal. What are we going to give that? I'm going to give it a seven. Lou? I'll give it an eight just because of burnout factor. Manny? Nine. Greg? I would also give it a seven. James? Give it a nine. All right. Um, what's the other one? Point of entry. I will give it a seven. Lou. Nine. Uh, Manny. Eight. Greg. Nine. James. Seven. Wow. And uh, peace of mind, I'm going to give that an eight. Lou. Ten. Wow. Manny. Eight. Uh, Greg? Uh, nine and a half. As much as I like it and as many good memories as I have, it's just it's got a couple flaws. Still, that's high, man. Uh, James? Seven. Interesting. Uh, I believe Maiden won this one. Really? I'm surprised. I'm not, I was, I'm not trying to be the Russian judge. No, I'm not that surprised. I mean, um, again. Yeah, Maiden won this one. It's like you were talking about in some ways three groundbreaking albums and three albums that that you know. Yeah. I'm really yeah. surprised though because you know Maiden beat two Judas Priest albums. That's that's crazy. Well, yeah, and you know, to to be honest, I mean I understand number numbers wise they did beat it, but uh 
them two priest albums paired together, I would probably say are stronger overall than Peace of Mind, as much as I love Peace of Mind. Yeah. I I, yeah. I I see what you're saying, and I kind of agree. They're they're a little if, if you're putting them together, you know, I see I see that. But the thing with Iron Maidens, especially with Number of the Beast last last week, and 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 point event or uh, excuse me, whatever yeah, peace of mind, peace of mind. Sorry, point of entry, peace of mind. They all get kind of jimble jangled after a while. Um, on their own, they are very strong albums. So and and I don't think and that's the problem with Judas Priest. I don't think they get they have like the number of good songs compared to Iron Maiden number of no. Songs. There's always more filler on there is albums. Yeah, there is. However, however, I do like Judas Priest's filler way more than I do like Iron Maiden's filler. Uh. Um, generally, I'd have to agree with you on that. At least with a couple albums. I don't really consider anybody either bands really filling their albums up with filler. Not yet, anyway. We haven't gone to that point yet, in my opinion. I mean, United is basically taking on the world we wrote. I guess you can count that as a filler. Um, but over, I mean, to, to me, honestly, mm-hmm. that's how I feel about you don't have to be old to be wise. It's just... It's, I agree. It's, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, you, know, you guys are scaring the unholy god out of me because you guys are saying like how bad these future albums are. And this is going to get rougher and rougher for no, me. I, I think James are going to like the next two Judas Priest albums a lot. But I think when we get to the uh, following to after, yeah, yeah. But when you get to Turbo, and I like Ram It Down, but I'm not. You know, there's two ways to listen to music. As a fan, I can practically like anything, but the way we're listening to it critically, Ram It Down's well, it's going to get hammered by me. I, I like it, but anyway, we haven't gotten to it. But yeah. there's so many problems with that album's lyrics, production, the drumming. The we work nature of it in general. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. When we talk about that, I'm afraid that'll be the one album I will really. I'll probably hammer that worse than I do Turbo because I don't mind Turbo. But anyway, we'll Turbo's get to more cohesive yeah. for sure. Yeah, Ram, Ram it down is just like thrown together kind of thing, like you know. Yeah, yeah, random. and the drum. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. We'll get. We've well, done it on yeah. the show once before, but we'll get to it with everybody here. What Lou? No, no I was just saying it's just leftover tracks from Turbo essentially. Right so much yeah except for two songs yeah yeah you're right but anyway all right this was a lot of fun i just ran a little bit longer than usual but uh we had two really great albums here that we had talked a lot about so uh, i had a lot of fun doing oh, three i mean really all three of them are classics yeah so this was this was a tough one to really come up with critical stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but good stuff uh lou anything going on yeah uh, yeah, after this, I think I'm going to bed. <laughs> that's what's that that that's what's going on. Well, Me no crashing on my pillow. No new uh, I I I I had to reject them. I actually had to say uh, no to uh, a couple of guests just because uh, work is very busy. But that's a good thing. Yeah, it's always a good thing. A- and I'm you know very busy trying working on a project with you, which uh, we won't discuss yet. So yeah, we won't discuss that yet. Although I have to talk to you about that. I just talked to somebody. Uh, James, you got a new podcast going on. 
I do. Thank you so much for asking. Well, that's all the time that we have. Thanks for watching. Rats, no, just kidding. Go ahead. Ratsoundreview.com. We'll Go see by No, 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 no. James talks. I'm just, no, no, that's no, no, no. You you're fine. You're fine. All right. Uh, so, yes, I started a college football podcast off the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. And thank you guys for uh, for juicing it up a little bit. Uh, but uh, it's um, – I'm forgetting the name right off the top of my head because I'm tired as well. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, but uh, me and uh, Caleb there, we're calling it No Huddle. And we're, we're right now we're in preview season because training camps haven't started yet. But we'll be starting to do live shows very, very soon. Uh, just like this, except pro- way shorter. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're definitely going to be ramping up once the season starts. And uh, it, I think it's fun. I think, you know, we, we, we're working some of the kinks out, but uh, me and uh, Caleb have some good chemistry there. And we like to uh, joke around and talk college football. So if you guys want to see that, check out Rocky Mountain Sports Network and check out the No Huddle podcast. Very cool. Very exciting. Right, James. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yep, good luck with that. And, uh, yeah, that's it for us. We will be back next week with two more Maiden. Well, actually, is it Maiden versus Jews? It's it's Power Slave versus, versus, yeah. Again, when are we going to stop the two Priest albums? Yeah, Greg, when are we going to stop having to listen to I think that's it. With Turbo and Somewhere in Time. That's the last time I pair two Priests together. For the later ones, it's two Maidens because the output switches. Yeah, okay. All right. In terms of volume, but... um, You know, screaming defenders that that was when they were biggest and it really kind of melds together and power slave was so massive it went on for two years. So yeah, this, that's that's <laughs> uh, that might even be another long show. We'll see when we get to it next week. Join us in the uh, chat room right here and we will you know talk uh, about your chats and questions that you give us and hit subscribe, ratsaddereview.com, and we'll see you. Like, comment, subscribe. Where Eagles Dares rules. Don't listen to James. (laughs) Goodbye. Demo. Uh, And what? Huh? Uh, Oh, Demoni. Is in tight. Anyone see my foot? Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Ratsaw Review Network. Ratsaw Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show, Ratsaw Review, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Lilquist. We also have the official Ratsaw Review spin-offs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and a King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast with Metal Thrashing Mike, the Timo Toki Podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki, the BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam, and the Music is Live Podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsaw Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsawReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsaw Review Network. We're We're taking over. over.